Hey you guys, welcome to the Main and Magic Podcast, your stop for all things Disney. I'm your host, Dawn Brown, and this is episode number 14. Whether you're adventuring in the parks or at home via Disney Entertainment, I'm here to bring you the guests and info to pixie dust your experience, and we're picking up lots of new friends along the way. You can catch the links to our audio recordings via our website at mainandmagic.com and subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Just search for the Main and Magic podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at Main and Magic, and after the show, we invite you to join our community on Facebook to share your thoughts about each topic and to connect with other Disney fans. Today, I'm joined by Steve Sanders from the Monorail Tales podcast, and we're sitting down to talk about his experience visiting Shanghai Disneyland during its inaugural year. With the fifth anniversary of the park quickly approaching, I thought this would be a really good time to share a first-hand account of visiting this unique international park. We talk about everything from getting there, what's different about this park, attractions and details that stood out, the food, and why it's probably a lot more affordable than you might think. So join us on the Red Car Trolley as we take a ride to the crossroads of Maine and Magic. Today we are going to take a trip overseas to Shanghai Disneyland with my guest Steve Sanders who's just one of the delightful crew from the Monorail Tales podcast. Hey Steve. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How how many of you guys are there on the Monorail Tales podcast? I feel like there's like six of you. I think overall there is six. Okay. Um, we kind of <laughs> rotate people in and out but uh but yeah there's there's mostly sheila and rick and michael and then we have jeff and bill and occasionally we have jenny on so is that six i i I lost i lost i only have five fingers so i forgot (laughs) to count yeah, you yeah, you guys I I've noticed you kind of like rotate and you all have like your subjects that you that you kind of gravitate towards and like to talk about. Oh yeah. Like I noticed Sheila is never talking about Disney Plus things. <laughs> um no, but she handles everything about Disney Plus. Um on our website, she's the one that actually puts in where all the shows are on and everything like that. And yeah, we just, there's, there's, there's Bill and Rick and I, we talk about it, but she's actually the one that has to do all the, all the, all the work. So her, her hand is still in it. She's just front and center. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Well, I'm super excited because we're going to talk about your trip to Shanghai Disneyland. I don't know anybody that's been, um, so I'm, excited to hear a firsthand perspective and not hear about it from the internet <laughs> yeah. um or even and I YouTube. Know you, yeah yeah i i try really hard not to watch ride through videos but i confess i have watched a few from shanghai disneyland <laughs> sure 
but I just want to ask you like some preliminary questions and then we'll get into like your actual visit. Um, okay. but when, when did you go? Cause I know it was a few years ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're coming up on five years now and, uh, because this is the fifth anniversary on yes, in June. June 16th, it'll be the fifth anniversary. And would I love to go? Yes. Am I going? Probably not. Thank you, uh, COVID. Yeah. yeah. But Maybe my, the here. <laughs> yeah. But my plan was actually to be there on opening day. And believe it or not, I'm really happy that things didn't work out because I ended up going in September. So it was like three months later. So but, that was uh, in 2016, right? Yes. 2016. Okay. So just a few months after it opened, so it kind of had its sea legs by then. Yeah, it they they were a little wobbly, but yeah, uh, they had their sea legs pretty much. Uh, they were also in the middle when I was there of refurbing a lot of the shows and things that I didn't get a chance to see. So I was kind of disappointing, but the whole I mean I was the, the whole trip was fantastic. So. Yeah, uh, that was the inaugural year, and of course they had all the new merchandise and stuff like that. Which I'm not big into merch, but I did I did collect a few things from there on that one. You know, being well, the first. Well, it's inaugural. It's cool just to even think that you went to a park in the inaugural year. Absolutely. I don't know if I've been to a park in an inaugural. Actually, maybe Disney California Adventure might have still been in the first year when I went there. But Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so was this your first international park? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Wow, you Absolutely. really went for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and to give a little background on that, I had no intentions of going. I mean, I heard about it back in 2013, 14, when they first started talking about it. But it wasn't until D23 in Anaheim, the D23 convention in Anaheim in 2015. And they had this huge area set up. And I walked by it a few times. And I was like, you know what? Let me go check it out. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm never going there. So I walked through and started looking at some of the stuff. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is really cool. And just different maquettes and different scenes and different things that they were trying to promote. And I'm like, this is really cool. But, you know, and, and even talking with a lot of the Imagineers that were there, it was just, this is fantastic. But, you know. You know, it's not it's it's one of those things that you look at and it's like, I'll never be able to do. So not long after that, I started looking at my first process was like, hey, I know what a flight to Shanghai is like. So I started looking and one of the first flights I, f I found and saw was for like six hundred and thirty eight dollars round trip. I'm like, OK, that's pretty cool. And I think that's what started me on going, you know what? This is not out of the question. This is something that really can be done, even monetarily. 
Now, those of you with families, it's, it's a little bit more. This was also, let me say off the top, this was a solo trip. So it was one person yeah. going. And, and uh, that was because your your wife was not down for that long of a plane ride. Is that right? Pretty much. Yes. <laughs> pretty much. Which I, I get my mom has expressed that about certain places she you know it's like i would love to go if you could cut the plane ride down to like four hours instead of 18 (laughs) Mm -hmm. so she has a limit uh so i yeah i know there's a lot of people out there that probably feel the same way but looking looking at the finances and again this is for one person it was like this is attainable now and then you started looking into some other things, you know, the, the prices for tickets and hotels and things like that are a lot cheaper in China. Now, you still have I, Disney hotels, Disney prices. That doesn't that never changes. Isn't it amazing anywhere? <laughs> no, it was the same thing when I was buying my ticket for Disneyland Paris and I was looking at the park hopping tickets and I couldn't believe how much cheaper they were than a right. park hopping ticket at Walt Disney World or at Disneyland even. Yeah. Um, you know, it was like $20 cheaper, which it, w- it was like under a hundred dollars. And I, I was like, I don't understand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is there a typo? I should buy 10 real quick before they figure it out. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've heard other people say the same thing about Paris is that it's actually cheaper to buy a what a season pass or used to be. Yeah. So on the flip side, the hotels are insane, but that's a different story for a different day, Um, which we will talk about on our show (laughs) when you come on. You're on Um, our list. So how was your. Okay, so. The first thing you noticed was like the plane ticket is not as crazy as you thought it would be. I'm I'm guessing you thought it was going to be like well over a thousand dollars to even get there. Oh, yeah, maybe even double that. Yeah, which is not uncommon for traveling that far. So once you kind of noticed that and you started looking and you decided, okay, I'm actually going to go. How was the booking process? Did you use an agent to help you or did you do everything on your own through the website? Yep. Um, I tried to use an agent who is a really good friend of mine. And at that time, you know, this was during the opening and it just wasn't possible to use, you know, an agent at that time. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the what it is even now so basically yeah we booked everything on our own uh we booked the hotel we booked the flight separate and then there was the process of getting i have never had a uh a visa i've never had a passport at that time so those were things that i had to go and get and so that was kind of a new process, but well worth it. Well, yeah, worth because it. with when traveling to China, don't you have to get your visa before you leave? Is that right? 
Yes. You, if you're going, all right, I went for 10 days, 10 nights. So it was actually like 12 days, I think. But, uh, but yeah, in order to get a visa, and this is one type of visa, you have to have a, uh, your passport and you have to be able to tell them when you're going, when you're coming back, and even where you are staying. And that's just so that they know that you're not coming in and trying to stay. So, I mean, it's probably not a lot different than the U.S. So that is a little bit of a hefty process, money-wise, at first. But the visa is for 10 years. I hope they extend it with COVID. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, like give you you an extra year. Yeah, a year or two. But uh, it, it, it is kind of a process, but it's not difficult. There, you know, there is some monetary things. It's like where I live in South Carolina, I could not go to a consulate. So I had to pay, I think it was $175 for a agent to go into the consulate. And this is weird because this was a con, they went to the LA consulate. But they were fantastic because I did the paperwork as they asked. And then as they're going in, they're like, uh, all right, they need to know this. I'm like, and they text me and I texted them right back. It's like, great. Thank you. We're good to go. Oh, so, wow. Okay. Yeah. So if you're not living near a Chinese embassy, you will pretty much have to get a, uh, I wish I had the name of the people I got, but I think I took it off the number one list on internet, but fantastic. I mean, worth every penny. I think it was $175 or something like that, but worth every penny for it. And I'm good for 10 years. Yeah, that's a good thing for people to know. So it's a little bit different than traveling to Europe where you buy your plane ticket and you get off the plane and you get your visa. <laughs> right. They stamp your passport and it's good for however long, usually like a couple of weeks or a couple of months and off you go with China. You have to do it before you leave. Yeah. And, yeah. But it lasts a lot longer too. 10 years. Yes. That's- now they do have a, and it's still available. I checked, uh, 144-hour visa where you can get there and you can say, hey, I'm just coming in for, you know, four or five days, six days, and then I'm moving on. But now that, and that's fine. I've known a couple of people that have done that. But the trick is, that is, the only way to use that visa is to leave the U.S., go to China, and then go to another country. You can't use U.S., China, and back to U.S. It doesn't work that way. Okay. So, but you, it is, you can use that 144-hour visa. If you're going, like, let's just say that, you know, Disney geeks like us. And yes. you're like, hey, I'm going to China. And then I'm going to Hong Kong. And... You know, it's like, fine, you can, you don't have to get a special visa for that. It's a little bit, you 
wait a little bit longer in line, but easily done. Okay. Yeah, like if you're just like, I'm just going to rip through all the Asian parks. I'm going to hit Shanghai, Hong Ooh. Kong. And I'm going to pop over to the Japan and go to Tokyo. Yes. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. No. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, that's really good to know. Okay, so... So how much did you actually end up paying for your plane ticket? And how long was your flight? Okay. I paid $638 round trip. Wow. That's including all my luggage. I flew Delta 747s there and back. The flight was one of the best flights that there is. And it was a little over 18 hours. And I flew from Charlotte to Detroit directly into Shanghai and the same back Shanghai to Detroit back to Charlotte. Now, one of the coolest things about going was when we hit Detroit, and this is in September, apparently the way the winds are blowing, we actually went up and over. I'm not going to say the ice cap, but like, you know, North pole, but we went way North. And then came back down because I got up uh, at one point because they, they recommend that you walk around every two hours to avoid, yep. you know. Um, so I did. And I walked to the back of the plane. I was, saw a guy and he was looking out the window and I kind of looked out and it's like, holy cow, that's ice caps. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm like. The me. times that you were not over water. Yeah. I'm like. I mean, it's just like, where are we flying? <laughs> so, cool. but now coming back was totally different because I did see even, you know, on, on your planes, they show you your routes and stuff like that, you know, on your, on the seat in front of you. So, yeah, they have that little screen that shows yeah. you where your plane is. Yeah. Yeah. Now, recommendation real quick. If you are going, I have a huge problem with jet lag. I can't, I can go to California. Fine. Coming back. It's just horrible for me, but leaving where I'm at in uh, Charlotte, I left in Charlotte to go to Shanghai was exactly 12 hours difference. So I read a few things and they said, what you do is you stay awake the whole time. I'm like, okay. So I left at, I want to, oh, I can't remember what time I left. It was fairly early, but I remember like in the morning, but I remember landing at like seven o'clock at night in Shanghai. But I'm, I took a few little cat naps, but I stayed awake the whole time so that by the time I got into Shanghai, my mind was looking at the nighttime and it was seven o'clock at night. Now, inside, it's seven o'clock in the morning. But if you stay awake, you're tired. So that I went to bed at like nine, ten o'clock at night, their time, and I was up and ready to go early in the morning, which my somehow just made my body switch over. And the same thing coming back. It's like if you stay awake, you you know, you'll make it. But if you, you, you know, you try to stay on your own time, you're going to, you're going to be messed up. Yeah. It's too big of a difference to, 
to do that versus if you're just going from the East Coast to the West Coast. It, it's worse on me. Oh, really? Oh, absolutely. It takes me over a week to get to get back. It's just I get used to it's like, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm up early. It's, you know, five o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning. This is great. <laughs> uh, but, then you know, I'm ready to go to bed at nine o'clock p.m. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. It can be rough at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so you said your trip was 10 nights. You stayed, you were in Shanghai for 10 nights. Is that right? Correct. Okay. And how much of that time did you spend at Disney? I think I had seven tickets. Now, they only sell, uh, back then, it's a, lot, it's a lot different now. You could only buy a two-day ticket at a time. So... I, I think I cannot remember exactly. I think I may have bought a one or two day ticket. I bought a one day ticket at some point, but back then, and it's not much different now. I mean, tickets per day were like $60, $65 a day. So that's crazy to me. <laughs> tell me about it. Okay. So a good bit of time then. Yeah, I was there uh, at the parks for like seven days. Now, I did do a lot of going, you know, doing the thing, going in the morning, going back at in the afternoon to the hotel and then going back at night. And then, you know, even there's there's so much, so much to do. You know, it's it's like a typical Disney resort. I mean, it's like you have the uh, the Shanghai Disneyland Hotel that you can look at. Um, there are places around, and I, I didn't. This was not a tourist trip for me. I did take one day to go to Yu Yuan Garden, which was fantastic, and I went down to the Bund, which is you know down by the river where you see all the big tall. Yeah buildings and everything so the city views yeah where did you where did you stay did you stay at one of their resorts or just out in town well the the plan was to stay at the toy story hotel on which is on property um beautiful 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 resort and then i was going to go you know somewhere cheaper but once I got there, Sheila and I talked about it, and it was like, you know what, you need to stay. So I had like three days booked, and this was actually on the first day. And I went down. This is kind of funny. Uh, I went down. And I was like, okay, I would like to book seven more days. And they looked at me as like, what? Like, <laughs> you have to understand. I mean, this place just opened like three months ago. So it's like, yes. All right. So like you want a total of 10 days. Yes. And they just looked at each other like, who is this crazy person? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, you know, okay. And there was, all right, they're new. It's all right. And it's like, okay. And they just you know, started typing away and doing everything. And, you know, I paid for it all right then and there. And apparently no one had ever, well, not surprisingly, 
but no one has had ever stayed that long of a period of time at that hotel. So I think they're a little bit more used to locals or semi-locals. Well, it's so insanely crowded there. Mm. I mean, just if you think about the radius of people that lives within, you know, 100 miles of Walt Disney World or even Disneyland, and then the radius out 100 miles from Shanghai, (laughs) it has to be. Well, that's one of the reasons they picked that. Uh, uh, Bob Iger even said that. It's like within, I forgot the actual radius. You're talking about 25 million people. Yeah. Within a small radius. Now, you got to remember, too, they also have bullet trains. So that brings you from Beijing, which brings you another 15 million people, circa that area. Um, you're talking of 40 million people within basically, you know, hour, hour and a half radius. So, yeah, I think it was a probably good place to go to build. Cool. So you you stayed. So were you just going to find another hotel on the fly or did you have one in mind that you were thinking about staying at out in town or were, were you living dangerously and just like, I tend to live a little dangerous, but I think at that time we had one picked out, but it was like, you know what? This was like a trip of a lifetime and it's like, well, let's do it. Right. So, you know, we, we changed it to, me staying, you know, at one place, which was oh, so good. It really was. It was worth it. Okay. How did you get from the airport to your hotel? I'm guessing you took a metro or a taxi or something. Okay. When I was there, the, pretty much the only way to get from the airport to your place is uh, a taxi, which... I haven't done a taxi since I was probably seven years old when I lived in uh, New York. And, of course, I didn't pay for it. Yeah. (laughs) Although, I don't know, seven-year-olds in New York, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah. Back in the day, you might have. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Yo! (laughs) Yep. No, I was warned reading up on things that you have to watch out. Um, There are taxis, there are registered taxis, and then there are what they are called black taxis, which don't have registers, and supposedly they tend to try to cheat you. So I was aware of this. Of course, you know, I'm getting off the plane. I'm still pretty groggy and kind of trying to figure out what the heck the process I just went through to get into this country and which was fantastic, by the way. Everyone was absolutely wonderful, welcoming the whole bit. So I just remember having my luggage and I was looking. And of course, I probably looked, you know, it's like, oh, I'm looking for a ride somewhere. Of course, some guy sees me doing it and he goes, hey, hey. And he speaks English. I'm like, okay, you want a ride? I'm like, well, yeah, I'm looking for another taxi. And he's like, oh, no, no, we can take you. And I'm like, oh, right. And I'm like, well, this is where I need to go. 
and here's one of the things if you do go make sure you have the address written in chinese on something that you can show a taxi driver because even though they may know english some they won't let you know and if you have it written on a card or something like that or printed they'll take you right to where you need to go so anyway i showed him where and he's oh yeah yeah, yeah we can go there it's $35. All right, let's go. Of course, by the time I get everything done, I look at the car. And the car's nice and everything. I realize this is the black taxi service that I'm not supposed to be in. Because there's no registry, no nothing like that. And I'm like, okay. All right. Well, let's see if I get there. You know, if I end up on a, shall we say, Shanghai? <laughs> to uh somewhere else but no the whole ride was smooth everything went well i got out oh you had to pay the guy ahead of time and here's the other thing too they don't really accept tips i mean they'll accept them but they will look at you like you are from marsh mars yeah i've learned over the years that this is very american just from visiting various different countries for various different reasons, it seems really? to be North American thing more okay. so than other places. So I'm not. That's kind. It it kind of doesn't surprise me. Yeah, there was a couple times at some of the restaurants I I left a tip and they were like, you know, you forgot your money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, it was, I mean, with all the weird things about in the things about the black taxi, it wasn't bad. I probably paid about $10 more than I would have waiting for another one. But at that time, you know, first time in country, I thought, you know, $30 or whatever it was, was was pretty cheap. Now, coming on the way back, I think... uh, it was like 20 bucks. And again, no tipping. Uh, that, that first time when you're, when you're just like, I don't, I don't know where I am and yeah. I just want to be I'm where a, I need to be. <laughs> I'm a little jet lagged. I'm like, Oh my God, this is so cool. You know? But once you're there for a minute, then you kind of figure okay. it out. Yeah. Next time you go, you kn- you'll, you'll know how to save 10 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, so how so you get to your hotel and it's looking pretty awesome. How was your how was the check-in process at the resort over there? The check-in process is pretty much like anywhere else except for the fact that um they do speak limited English and I had 3 months of Chinese uh Mandarin that I studied, actually, I studied for like seven months. Um, by the time I got on the plane, I forgot everything except Ni Hao, which is hello. Yep. <laughs> that sounds accurate. Okay, good. Well, good. Let me, yeah, like all kinds of French phrases I learned. And then when I actually got to France, I was like, yeah. uh, I like, know sortie means exit. <laughs> 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 so... Uh, yeah, that's how it works. As soon right. as you need it, you can't remember anything. Yeah, and, and that's how it was. But the, the coolest thing about Shanghai 
and that means the <clears throat> excuse me the whole city is it is a huge business business district for the entire world so you are dealing with everyone and the, and the chinese too are dealing with french english not a lot of spanish but then again chinese so I would definitely recommend learning more Chinese than what the heck I did, just to be polite. But you're in pretty good shape when you're in Shanghai. I was even on the metro coming back, and I had on, what did I have on? Oh, a D23 shirt. And there was a young guy with his with his girlfriend there, and he's like, oh, you work for Disney? I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm just visiting. And... Ended up carrying on a great conversation there. As a matter of fact, I missed my stop, but uh, with 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 this guy and excellent English, and actually I think he spoke French too. But it's 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 a it's a city that is you know made for business and tourism. So you know English. Is I, I was in a metro trying to figure out where I wanted to go, and a young girl comes up and says, "Where are you going?" I'm like, "Oh, hello," <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Here," and I pointed, and she goes, "Okay, you need this. You take this over to there, pay, and then you can get on the on the metro." It's like, "Oh my gosh, thank you." So, yeah, it's not just at Disney. Where, where they do, and Disney was very good about it. So, but the whole the whole area is very welcoming to English speaking. And uh, I can tell you one thing too: they don't care about your politics. So, number one, leave it at home and come and enjoy. Yeah, just uh, visit, experience it. So, okay, now I'm super curious about the hotel. So, you stayed at the Toy Story Hotel. Right. What does that sort of translate to in terms of a Walt Disney World hotel? Is that, would that be considered moderate or um, value? The rooms are definitely more a value. Um, the service is definitely more a moderate. Um, okay. The, yeah. The the food, I'm not going to say food court, but the food area is definitely more, it's a counter service, but it's, it's a lot better than just a counter service. So, and the, the a service. Step up from the All-Star Resort. <laughs> no, say again. A, a step up from the All-Star Resorts. A yeah, uh, two step. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, the food's definitely much better. So, and I ate there every breakfast in the morning before I went. So, um, it it, but you know, your room is basically a, you know, an all star room, but it just feels a lot better. It, it really does. Plus all and the amenities. Like, yeah, I was just going to say, what what are the amenities that they had? Okay. Amenities. Number one, you have 
drinking water, bottled drinking water. I think it's a six pack every day. Oh yeah, because I read that it's like don't drink the water like, ever. And they even have separate drinking fountains. I was reading like there's drinking fountains that they Disney set up with like specifically like filtered potable water because they don't want you drinking the water out of like faucets or anything. No, don't even brush your teeth with it. Yeah. So, I mean, I had all that. That was fantastic. And every day they brought this little tin that had like toothbrushes and combs and toothpaste and uh, ear, what do you call them? Little things to clean your ear out with. Oh, like Q-tips? Q-tips and a a hair bonnet for if you're not trying to get your hair wet. And they had one in there almost every day. And they also had a full set, I think it was a four, four slippers that they would bring to your room every day. Wow, like well, a, mouse, mousekeeping is like a whole other thing there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Because it was like, okay, well, I'm not wearing the slippers. Oh, no, no, no. Here, you have new ones every day. Okay. So, of course, my first thought is, you know, podcast-wise, giveaway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay, so, cool. Yeah, I wonder service what service is incredible. Like what's going on over at the um, the other resort? Is the is it the it's the Disneyland Resort, right? The other hotel. Oh, uh, the Disneyland Hotel. Yeah, Disneyland Hotel. That's what I meant. Okay. Yeah. Did you wow. have to wander in there at all when you were on property? Two or three times. Yeah. Um, they probably that's their liked it. Oh. Yeah. Ultra. <laughs> um. Imagine Grand Floridian and then go up. It really is a beautiful, the the flooring and just the way everything is designed is absolutely gorgeous. I mean, they spared no expense on that hotel. Plus the fact is when you're like in their lobby looking out, there's a lake in between Disneyland Hotel and the park. But they have a view. Oh, the view. Which the view is really cool when it's smoggy. Because <laughs> you don't see, but when it's not smoggy, you see all the big tall buildings back behind it, which just shows you how bad the air quality really is. Yeah. <laughs> but. No, it's absolutely gorgeous the way this thing was designed and laid so out. So that'll be, that'll be your next trip. Uh, to Big stay at there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, it is just so gorgeous. I spent, I know, at least, you know, part of three days there. Because there's a, there's a, they actually have a garden that you can walk all the way around. Now it was new, so it was kind of like, yeah, okay, you know, not a lot going on, but 
I imagine now it's it's probably pretty cool. And when you're at your hotel, when like when you're you know getting up in the morning or getting ready to go to the park, how do you actually get to the park? Do they have a bus service or is it walking distance or how do they do that? It really is walking distance, but they at that time, I don't know about now, at that time, there were no sidewalks, so it was kind of dangerous. Um, Chinese drivers are good, but if, as far as they're concerned, the road is theirs. And if you're in the road, you're part of the road, <laughs> so to speak. Um, so it's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, yeah. You, you don't want to be yeah and one of the one of the interesting things about driving in and you'll hear it if when you're there everybody honks now when they honk it's a courtesy it's like hey i'm here Beep, coming around beep okay you know it's not like here it's like honk hey you <laughs> yeah anger and frustration no it's totally different honking is normal there so and everybody honks and it's like here bye okay good it's would i drive probably because they all drive on the right side of the road there but to be honest it would only be because i just wanted to say i drove in china otherwise you don't have to so, yeah, there's no reason to drive if, unless you just really, really, really have that reason to want to. So, okay, so you don't even need to worry about renting a car. Like, Mm-mm. do they do they have a bus? Do they have a bus system for resort to park and from park back to resort? When I was there, no. I understand. Okay. I think they might have something now, like a shared... You know, like a super bus or super, yeah. you know, like they used to have in Disneyland, but I, I don't know. Okay. But to be honest, uh, a taxi? Why? I mean, get it, go. Yeah. Okay. So now I want to go in the park. So mm-hmm. walk okay. us through kind of how you felt and what was going through your mind as you're walking into this park for the first time. Cause this park is insanely huge. First of all, um, I actually had to go look it up. I knew it was like significantly larger than any park we have in the U S according to the internet, it's 963 acres, which just to give everybody kind of like a reference point, Epcot is about 300 acres. <laughs> so you know, I never this, realized that. Yeah, so this is about three Epcots. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, it's basic. You know, you might think to your in your mind, it's 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 a Magic Kingdom park. So it, you know, but it's basically three theme parks <laughs> all all smashed into one. So I can understand how you would want to go there for many days, but yeah. What's kind of like going through your mind when you're entering the gates? Like what's, what are you seeing and what looks different and how does that feel? 
Okay, one of the most interesting things is like, okay, every morning there was always a big line to get in. So, and it didn't matter what time I got there, early or late, there was always, I was always at the same spot. So, also, I am a white Anglo-Saxon male. <laughs> amongst. Have a uh, certain look about you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have white, whitish gray blonde hair. Uh, I am around significantly shorter Asian people. So I'm like a big tall beacon that everyone can see. So it was really neat because they're not outwardly like super friendly, like, Hey, how are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. But you get a little kid that bumps up against you and you turn down and they look up and smile and you smile back. And then the parents are like, you know, absolutely smiling, wonderful, friendly. You don't understand what they're saying. They don't understand what you're saying. But you know what? It's great. <laughs> I mean, you're at Disney and and it's it it, it is a little different. Uh, I I did realize um, I'm trying to think of the word uh, I was significantly looked at as like not Asian and so not interesting. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, so, I'm guessing you know in 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 Florida, especially like when I worked there, I I might talk to people from like. 30 different countries in like an eight hour shift mm -hmm. and there's a huge mix of uh you know out of towners <laughs> if you will yeah. like people from just all countries all over the place so i'm guessing they don't have that mix there because not as much no yeah, no. there's probably not quite as many people traveling to china as traveling to the u.s on top of the local population is some huge percentage of who is in the park right. and the local population kind of all yeah. is the same. So whereas in Florida, the local population is very diverse. Yeah. This and was, yeah, it was like, um, you know, depending on your, on the, uh, political climate, you know, I could probably get away with anything between oh, Swiss and Canadian and get away with anything, you know, depending on yeah. what shirt I wore. But, you know, the political climate then was very, very good. And to be honest, the majority of the Chinese people really don't care like we do. It's like, you know what? We're a little busy doing our work, having our fun, taking care of our families, and blah, blah, blah. Whatever happens politically is part of the Communist Party, and let them worry about it. Whereas we are totally different. So it's, it's, it's a great climate to be with people because they're all friendly. And you don't have to worry about crime so much. You might want to hold on to your wallet in your back pocket. That seems to be the only type of crime that might be, you know, kind of rampant. But uh, these are same thing for any 
any big city or any. Oh yeah, I heard sort of... France is the same. I, oh, I've heard yeah, that. Totally. From... Yeah. Um, but these are these are people that I'm a little older than you, but this was the great evil empire as I was in high school and grade school. And the funny thing is, every day outside my window of my room, I would wake up and I would look out and I would see that same Chinese flag that when I was in grade school and high school, this is what you would need to be worried about. And I, I kind of feel in some ways I was lied to. Climates have changed. Everything changes. But people really, really don't change. So the American people and the Chinese people are a lot the same. I will say, not to get all heavy on everybody, <laughs> that after my time in the military mm -hmm. and having traveled out, I mean, I've really only been to four countries and one of them doesn't count. So I've been to Canada. That one doesn't count because... <laughs> Up in oh, my wife would Detroit, not be it's 30 <laughs> minutes away, so it's just like right. just Detroit extra, whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Amsterdam or um, the Netherlands, rather, uh, France and South Africa, and wow. in in traveling those places. Now, of course, the Netherlands and France are pretty similar to America. But just in general, traveling to those places, I will say that when you go somewhere, you definitely have to separate the people from their government. Yep. Thank These you. These are two, diff two different entities. <laughs> uh, yeah. But well, and the other thing is, too, is that the majority of the Chinese people do not see news like what we do. Exactly. So and they see it as their government wants them to see it, and I don't know offhand, but I don't think they care. I think, I think they they care more about their business, what they're doing, how they're going to make themselves happy, and you know their families happy, make a little bit of money, even though. You think this is a completely communist country. It's not so much anymore. So, okay. So you stuck out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But as far as like looking around the park and walking through the park, how, you know, how was that? What was your experience with that? Because it is, uh, it's different than the U.S. parks and even, um, you know, what, what we see in Tokyo and Hong Kong and Paris, there's, it's, it's a very different setup and a very different size, as we just said, and they have different lands that we don't have. So how was that? Wow. Yes. It's huge. Uh, as you know, kind of what we said, and it's not just huge as uh, being in a park, but the streets are a lot wider. The sidewalks are much wider. And talking with people afterwards, um, because of what the population that they were expecting to be there, they needed more 
and I would say almost twice as much width for people to get around in comfortably. Yeah, so they could manage the capacity. Correct. Yeah. So, obviously, they had to build a castle, not just for one princess, but they built it for ten. And this is huge. It is huge. I have not seen, I've only seen pictures of France, France, which I look at it and I think that's probably the most beautiful looking castle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You've been there, so you know. Um, but the castle at Shanghai is huge. And you have you have an attraction under it. You have an attraction in it. And you have an attraction above it. Or not above it, but, you know, at the top of it. And you have a restaurant in it. So, to me, it's the most, one of the most amazing uh, castles ever built. Yeah, it's super multifunctional. And they have, like, a huge, I saw, like, amphitheater in front, too. Oh, yes. Yeah. With Where they have a stage show. Um, they have a... A lake in front of it, a little small, small. We'll say pond. It's not. It's not very big. Where they can do the water attractions and everything. So yeah. Does it? Was it? Did it feel kind of overwhelming? What did it? Was it? Yeah. I guess that's the only word I can even think of because sure. I'm just imagining as you're saying the streets are much wider and the castle is so big and the hub area is completely different and massive yeah the hub area is a garden there is not actually a hub area um there is no main street let's start with that um as you come in from the ticket area you walk up to a place that looks like a train station the only thing missing is the train so yeah they skipped that for historic social reasons which i commend them for doing (laughs) yeah so it looks like it i mean they have a beautiful clock up there and you know it's absolutely gorgeous but you walk up this big hill underneath where the train should be and you walk not into main street but it's called mickey avenue because main street doesn't you know, it, it doesn't, doesn't have ref- any emotional reason. It doesn't have any emotional, probably, connection to them. It's that's that's our thing. Yeah, it doesn't reflect the Chinese culture. Now, yeah. and when this was being built, it was I just forgot distinctly Chinese, but something Disney. I I anyway. I'd have to look it up. I forgot. Oh, I meant to write it. Yeah, there was a little phrase. Um, yeah. Maybe it'll come to me in 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. But And that's what this part, it, it, it's, it is def, definitely the signature of this whole park. Because this is made for the Chinese people. This is not, this is their home park. Okay. No different than what Disneyland is to Californians. So, I mean, you can't have a main street where, you know, that was based out of 
Colorado or or Missouri and expect them to understand that. So it's they call it Mickey Avenue and there's different things in there. It's great. They still sell everything <laughs> within it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and it just it just fits everything that is uh you know about that Chinese culture and area. But you know, you still have everything that's Disney in and around and about. So that is one of the neatest things about it. And of course they they don't have a hub. But they do have, you kind of go around an area, so there are different sections. Yeah, I saw they have, um, like, a, I guess, like, a almost like a garden-type wall with a character that represents each animal in the Zodiac. It is so cool. It looks really cool in photos. <laughs> it really is. It's it's really neat. Um, that's one of the one of the things I, I kind of found, and it's 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 not like on the beaten path, unless you kind of look over and like, what's that? So yeah, it's like all the zodiac and you know Chinese year. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So they have all that, and it's like, you know, Year of the Rats, Ratatouille. Oh, you can, yeah. it, it's, it's easily. Sam from Toy Story. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I also saw mo- that they have mosaics. Is that inside the castle or near the castle? No, that is actually in the heart of the castle, inside. You know what? I actually forgot all about that. So the panel that I saw that really was like breathtaking to me was the princess and the frog. Yes. Mosaic. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I have like a deep love and affection for the one inside Cinderella Castle at Walt Disney World. So like I pretty oh, much absolutely. have to go to Shanghai just to see <laughs> the mosaics. <laughs> the mosaics are incredible. I think. Uh... I didn't look. I know there was, you know, Princess and the Frog, Rapunzel, Frozen, and I know there was two more, and I can't remember exactly. But the funny thing is, if you look directly up, uh, it's just a beautiful. Uh, it's how they did the inside of the castle on that part. Let me tell you something. These were done by. American and Chinese Imagineers And it is Unbelievable how they stepped up Their game on everything Of course you know this was a brand new part Uh, You can see a lot Of this on Leslie Iwerks Her documentary Oh the Imagineering On Imagineering Which is so funny because I, I was following her on Facebook way back when this was being built. And she was talking about all the stuff they were filming. Like, when are we going to see this? Soon. And that was five years ago. <laughs> so apparently they decided to wait for uh, all the work she did. Oh, she's got tons more of video. I hope she does more. 
I don't I, know. After the engineering story ended, I was like, why only six episodes? <laughs> no. <laughs> more. <laughs> there is so much more. I don't know how they're going to do it. Now I want six episodes per park. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But yeah, that's a great, if any, if anybody listening is curious to see more of it in person, I, I forget if it's episode five or six. Uh, that they do Shanghai Disneyland, um, but the whole series is is worth your time, for sure. It's, yeah, and even if you're not a Disney fan, it doesn't matter. Okay, now I want to talk about attractions because ah. oh my gosh, they I mean a lot of the attractions are different, and they have things that are not anywhere else. Um, so it's like a totally kind of new experience and I'm just, I want to know like what stood out, what did you love the most? What was the most surprising thing that you saw or did? And... All right. A lot of them are the same. Uh, Dumbo yeah. is the only <laughs> ride that is in every single park. Yep. Um, they were testing out a lot of things when I was there, even though it was like it was three months after. And then a lot of things they were like redoing. So I didn't get to see a lot of the shows, uh, Marvel and stuff like that. Um, let's just hit the elephant in the room. Tron. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. My first ride, was I was on the front. Which was so cool. I had actually bumped into another American family, uh, husband and wife from Arizona. And, you know, they were right, they were in the seat behind me. I rode all by myself on the front row on my very first ride. And it was cool. Did you go on it during the day and the night or just yes. one or the other? Yeah, the, the first time I went on was during the day. Um, I did go night. I'm not a. I didn't see a big difference because you're. It probably I mean, was a lot. It's probably maybe more noticeable for the people standing outside versus. Oh, definitely. Because I yeah. mean, I stood outside that thing. I don't know how many times taking video and stuff. It's just so cool, just watching it take off. It is a short ride, but it is a lot of fun. Now, they do have Seven Dwarves Mine Train. Same thing. I think I want to say it's missing uh, maybe a thing or two, maybe a cottage or something. And then they had a ride. I forgot the name. It's kind of like Collie River Rapids, which I never made it on because Every time it was so long, they do soaring over, which was good. And they ended up in Shanghai on this one. And then they have an adventure. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to pull it up here. The name of it. You actually, this will never be done in this country or any other country, probably, except for China. Is this the one where you have to put on a harness? Yes. Okay, it, I want to hear all about this because when I first read that this was a thing there, I thought that I, that, that was my first thought. That could never happen here. Nope. Nope. 
<laughs> that would be lawyered clean out. Yes, and, and, and watching it, what you know, is it? It's it's just like a it's less dangerous than a zip line, but you have this harness on and you go over these obstacles and stuff around and through a mountain. And if you know if you miss a step, guess what? You have a harness. You're gonna be fine. So I didn't actually do it myself. I this was kind of one of those things. It's like this is something you need to do with other people. And I I, I think next time I go, I'm not going to care. I'm going to do it. I mean, everyone was having a good time, and you could watch people. I mean, because you can watch them the whole time. And even though they know they're harnessed up, they're like trying to walk across these beams, and it's like, you know, they. Actually, I, I, prob- I have a fear of heights, so you know I might back up on that. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even though you're harnessed in, you're like you're in it yeah. all the way, taking. I don't it know. I theory. might. I might be able to. I probably would. I don't know. And that is that. What section of the park is that in? Is that in their adventure? Pirates oh, Pirates Cove. That's right. Yeah. Or um, adventure. Yeah. It's right next to Pirates Cove, so. I noticed, um, since you kind of brought that up, that it looks like they have a lot of walkthrough things. Like, they have the Alice in Wonderland. Oh, yeah. Attraction. And that, I mean, I know you're harnessed in, and it's not just a standard walkthrough, but. Well, you want to be harnessed in when you see that big head of Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of funny, like, that they used the live-action version yeah. of the, the Red Queen, or the Queen of Hearts, if you will, yes. rather than the animated version. But did you go through that? How was that? Oh, gosh, yeah. It's really neat. It is neat. I saw that they have like a mad tea party set up and like the table actually does, does things, I guess. Yeah, a little bit. Um, It's entertaining, especially for the kids and stuff. Yeah. But um, no, I mean, it's all all right. Let's back up. This park is like imagineered out the wazoo. (laughs) I mean, it is when it comes to imagineering, no holds barred. So, I mean, there were a few things that were a little funny. Like, they had this thing called the jetpacks, which is just like a circular ride. And I'm like, but they, everybody loved it. The Chinese loved it. Um, They had the stitching counter, which is basically, what's the one with the, the turtle? Turtle crushes turtle top. Oh, okay. Okay, but it's totally in Chinese. I loved it. But he, does the does the stitch like interact with people in the audience? Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, so it's like, what's the other one? Um, Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. Well, it's kind of a cross between turtle. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of a cross between that and but it was so funny because there was three of us, all English speaking people, and it was funny because we were walking and it's like. No English. It's like, yeah, we're fine. Okay. So, um, it was really, I actually recorded it. 
I have to find it. I'm not sure where it's at. <laughs> but I mean, you could hear it, and um, and I I know it's getting late, but it's like uh, I actually ended up going to Lion King, and it's all done in Mandarin. Is it a live show? Oh yeah, it's absolutely live. Okay, it, it's not it's not like Broadway, but it's dang close. A lot shorter. I mean, you've got half the stage. But it's all done in Mandarin. And you know what? When I'm watching it, I I caught myself, even though I'm listening to it in Mandarin, you know what they're saying because you've heard it so many times. Yeah. <laughs> that you laugh when everybody else laughs. So, I mean, it is it is amazing. And how about their... This is the one where I I watched the ride through video, <laughs> the Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, I was saving that for the last. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, you can save it for last if you have somewhere else that you want nope. to talk. About. No, that's fine. No, it's fine. Let's go ahead. The watch all you want, watch every single one, because if and when you do go, no comparison. I watched all the, because I'm like, you know, I want to see just in case I miss something. You do not fathom everything that is around you. And I went on, what's uh, Star Wars one, the new one? Oh, the Rise of the Resistance. Rise of the Resistance. Went on that in March. Totally awesome. But when I got done with that ride, I was like, what did I miss? <laughs> it's like, I need to ride this ride so many more times to, to really get it, which is fine. I think that's great. But, um, and of course I did ride that, uh, pirates about eight or nine times. It's just, how were the, the wait times for those? N- not bad at all. It, I hit it. I don't know, every time at about the right time. It would be closed, and it's like, okay, I'll come back later. And all of a sudden, oh, it's open. Oh, well, I'm going back on. I think I wrote it three times in a row, one time with no no wait. Interesting. Yeah. Now, I'm sure it's all different. You know, again, this was three months in. They were. St- it is an incredibly complex ride. I mean, Rise of the Resistance is probably a little more complex, but they don't have water. Yeah. To have to deal with. So, yeah, this is not your grandpa's pirates. (laughs) I'm telling you. (laughs) Okay, was there any other ride that was, like, really worth... Or attraction, I should say. Yeah, really there's mentioning, or is that stood out to you? Yeah, um, I almost forgot about it. Again, it's been five years. <laughs> uh, Voyage through the Crystal Grotto. Oh, that sounds cool. Just from yeah, the name. it is. It's not like it's you're on a little boat, pretty much kind of like a jungle cruise. And you go through different vignettes of Disney movies. 
and then you go up underneath the castle and you see well, I'm spoil it but you know some different things and totally enjoyable just to see you know how they did it the music the music is awesome with it so um there's a couple enchanted storybook castle which is actually a above the castle which is it's a walkthrough which is kind of like what walt wanted to do with uh sleeping beauty castle back in the day um and you kind of walk through a few vignettes of uh snow white and that story so i mean it's really neat the other thing i know culture-based, this is like culture-based, is they don't have a haunted mansion because they view ghosts and death very differently from right. Americans. So did it feel weird to be in a Disney park and not just have that standard sort of haunted mansion ride? Um, I did- forgot about it before... <laughs> You know, at long because I'll be honest with you, all the stuff in uh, I, I'm I'm calling it Pirates Land, but that's not what it was. Oh, Pirates Cove. Pirates Cove. Everything in that area, it makes you forget about anything else. I mean, they actually have, and believe it or not, I didn't do it. They have canoe rides that people lined up every day for. and Yeah, it did seem to me like looking through the list of attractions and looking at the map that they seem to really gravitate towards... Like, it seemed like there was more offerings of things that were slower paced. And you know, at your own pace, which was kind of surprising because they have all of this space to do everything kind of like fancy and state of the art. And they're putting in, you know, they're putting in things like gardens and, and things to walk through. And so it seems like maybe they found a good balance between thrill rides and something something a little slower and tamer. Oh, yeah. And and you have to remember, too, um, since I was there five years ago, I mean, they actually built a Toy Story Land since then and are in the process of building Zootopia. Yeah, yeah, they've definitely started building it out. It's like they never stopped. There was probably always a construction wall up somewhere since opening day. Yeah. So that'll be fun when you go back and you stay at the fancy hotel and there's a whole new land and they have new rides. (laughs) I cannot wait. You need to get your podcast crew to go and then just suffer through that 18 hour flight. (laughs) And again, the 18 hour flight, I. Now, it might be different the second time, but the first time it was like, this is not that bad. But, you know, you're all excited and everything. So, Okay, I just want to get to a couple more things. Sure. Um, One thing that we had kind of talked about previously was one of the reasons that 
I am afraid to go to the Asian parks is because I have a, this fear of food in foreign countries <laughs> because I am not an adventurous eater. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't do <laughs> seafood or yeah. Like, okay. So I want to talk about the food because I know that I'm not the only person on this planet that's like, I would travel everywhere if I knew I could get a cheeseburger. <laughs> so how was your experience with food there? Were right. you able to understand what was on the menu and were you able to find things? I mean, are you an adventurous eater? Will you eat anything or, you know, yes. how was that experience <laughs> for you? <laughs> um, I am not really if I know what I'm eating, I probably wouldn't. But since it was all in Mandarin, it's like, yeah, I'll try that. That looks good. And then I'm pulling shells and teeth and feet <laughs> and other things out. But it was good. <laughs> but fortunately, oh, within it- the Disney parks, no, everything is pretty well marked. Um, there were some things that I'm like, Texture wise, I'm like, oh, but you know what? After a little bit, I got used to it and it was wonderful. I think it was the Wandering Moon. Uh, Let me see if I can find that here. I remember where it was at. Camp Discovery. Probably the thing that I would research the most before I went. (laughs) Yeah. Would have Um, like pages of, of, menus printed out in English so I knew like exactly what restaurants I could go to to get something that yeah I I am such a dork <laughs> not well there was um Barbosa's which is fantastic because you can get all kind I recommend you do not get the squid um Barbosa's bounty which is a beautiful, I mean, it's a, it's a attraction in its own because actually pirates does go through. It's kind of reminiscent of, uh, uh, Anaheim's, uh, blue Bayou. Yeah. I was going to say, I think I saw that one. Yeah. It's a little, but Oh my gosh, they have like six different rooms decorated to the T. I was in there trying and, taking pictures and people the cast members are like are you taking pictures of our walls and I'm like okay you're not used to us geeks yet you will be but just beautifully unbelievably decorated and uh, imagineered totally so I ate there a couple times but um, the squid I had um, might have been more like squid jerky. I don't know. But Everything you were able else. to find or figure out, I guess, what you were eating. And no, everything's pretty simple. Of, I mean, they they're very good about they don't hide what you're eating. So, like, even at Barbosa's, it's like one of the best things there is the ribs. But they're there they're any food items that kind of were really awesome. Did you eat anything twice? Cause it was so delicious. Yes. Uh, I want to say it was that the wandering moon and I cannot remember, but it was a soup dish, uh, pork belly, 
and I ate there like two or three times. And then there was a little place you could get like breakfast waffles. We had um, Mickey waffles with strawberries and whipped cream. That sounds good. It was Il Pepperino. That was it. Il Pepperino. So they have a mix then of American or like, I guess. Oh, yeah. Eastern food and. I, I will say one thing. They are not. I mean, you know, you go to Disney World and everything's sugar, 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 sugar. You don't get that so much. It's a little bit toned down. Flavors are not as crazy as they are in, and, and frankly, flavors really aren't that crazy in Disney World. But um, your your sweets are not as sweet there. They're not, you know, kind of sugary. I saw they have, for a lot of their snacks, they're, like, more savory. Mm-hmm. Like, they, I saw on... I want to say it was like Disney food blog or something. They had like these big Mickey shaped crackers that were like sesame seed crackers. (laughs) And there was another one too, like garlic and something just like a big cracker that was a savory flavored. And I thought, Oh, that's, that's interesting. Cause yeah. And at, you know, the American parks, it's churros and donuts and ice cream. Yeah. for days just yeah sugar no it's not it's you don't get so much of that um and even the stuff that looks like sweet it's not that sweet you know it's they they don't go on sugary stuff like we do okay well you've calmed my fears and i don't feel like i'll you you would be okay you would be (laughs) (laughs) why is this unless you were with me and then i would say yeah try the squid no well i i've actually had squid so every once in a while i do try something crazy well crazy to me just to check myself um so i have actually had squid before and I, i had fried calamari at this restaurant in South Carolina when I lived there and I was like yeah no still don't want to eat anything out of the ocean <laughs> that's not that's not even real calm that's not squid that's just fried <laughs> shit um okay we briefly touched on how were the prices of things like right the hotel and the park tickets but as far as food goes, did you feel like it was pretty comparable to what you would spend on food at one of the American parks? Um, probably a little less. Okay. Yeah, a little less. Not not a lot, but yeah. And, and I how think about- you got more. I don't know. I think you got more for the money. But then I, I used to like to go off property into the alleyways, so to speak, literally. Once I learned, and this is the place where I, I, you probably would not want to go because you don't know what you're getting, but dang, it was good. <laughs> and I'm still not sure what I ate. So, yeah, I, uh, I sort of, I ate out of one alley <laughs> when I was in Paris and it was like a point to the picture kind of thing. Yeah. And, I was like, 
is this lamb? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the guy was like, no. <laughs> so it was like uh, chicken or, yeah, I think it was chicken. Um, but that, so that was like one of my things because right. I, I had right. lamb in South Africa and I was like, nope, don't like lamb. So, but yeah, I, I don't think I would do that in China. <laughs> yeah, no, but you would, would, you would be okay. I'll just travel with some extra beef jerky or something. Um, okay. So this is kind of like opinion questions now. Okay. So you obviously went for an extended amount of time, but if somebody was going to be traveling to China or just Asia in general, and they wanted to visit Shanghai Disneyland, what is like the minimum amount of days that you would recommend to somebody? I'd probably say three days. Um, Okay. But I mean, I'm a person that likes to, I'm not like, oh, three days to ride all the rides. No, it's three days to experience most of them. Um, I was there 10 days and seven days in the park and I'm still wanting to do a lot more because I have questions about everything I see. I go there and I'm like, gosh, I remember seeing that. It's like, I saw these three dancing skeletons. I took pictures. I took 2,700 pictures while I was there. And it's like, I saw these three pictures and then all of a sudden it hit me. That's from uh, uh, iWorks' Dancing Skeletons. And I actually sent a picture of it to uh, his granddaughter, uh, Leslie, and said, this is such a cool thing to your granddad. And she said, yeah, it was. It was really cool. So, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. They really, they they had a deep cut there. (laughs) Oh, definitely. (laughs) But there is, I mean, there is so much. I mean, it depends on where you want to go. So it's like if you just want to go to a Disney park and do rides and like see the whole thing, you know, see a bunch of it, yeah. go for three days. If you're if you so if you're a normal person, three days. If you're like us, then you need to go for a week. <laughs> a week. <laughs> so I think I mean, we just Pirates Cove alone, you I mean, serious. Yeah, because I'll I'll stand there looking at something for thirty minutes. Oh, it's not even just looking at it, googling it's, it, and yeah. reading about it. It's it's experiencing it. It's smelling all the smells, and then not only that, listening, listening to all the sounds, uh, the pirate sounds, uh, all the sounds in uh, Tomorrowland. Um, it's just it's. It's it's just not one experience. It's all your senses. When you were there, did you notice, like, are people into wearing, like, the Disney t-shirts and the Mickey ears? And Absolutely. Doing- yeah, okay. Even out of, I mean, I was, I went to Yuyuan Gardens for a day. And I'm on the Metro going in and... I'm telling you, man, half of them are wearing Mickey shirts. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. Cool. Yeah, that's interesting. Because, I mean, of course, when, you know, we have Chinese visitors over in the American parks, they're obviously, like, totally into it. But I didn't know. 
how they approach it when they're just visiting a Disney park in their own country. Is it that big of a deal? But apparently it is still that big of a deal. So that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, I saw it everywhere I went, you know, different Disney, different ones. I can't remember offhand, but I know even, uh, you know, on the, on the train, it was a lot of, a lot of Disney shirts and stuff. Mickey. So totally cool. Here's, here's kind of an interesting one. Um, just a f- practical man- matter. You were traveling solo. So mm-hmm. your wife is still in the United States. How did you guys stay in touch? Oh, that was the, e- <laughs> that was the easy part. I have Verizon and we had an international plan, but in order to use that over there, if we used it, it was $10 a day. So if you didn't okay. use it within a 24-hour period, no cost. But if you used it, it was $10 a day, which is not bad. Because, you know, Sheila and I would talk every day because it, was, it would be funny. It's like, because you would forget. It's like, okay, I'm just getting in from the park. You know, it's like you know, nine o'clock and she's like going, Oh, or I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm getting ready to have an adult beverage. And she's like, what? I'm just having my tea. So, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, that's right. We're 12 hours different. So it's like, you know, I'd be getting up in the morning. She's like, Oh, I think I'm going to have my adult beverage. I'm like, what? It's nine o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. No, it's not. So it's, again, 12 hours does really kind of work. Yeah, it's kind of perfect because there will be at some point in the day where you're all, we're both up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and no social media, right? Because they Ooh. don't do Facebook. and They do not do Facebook. So if you are going... Make sure you get a VPN and you need to do it before you leave the country because once you get there, you can't. Now, there are places that you can get some kind of chip. So you get a chip you put in the phone, but my phone doesn't take a chip. So, um, yeah, you get a a VPN uh, and you're good to go. I mean, I was on Facebook the whole time live. Facebook Live. So, okay. So, so get the yeah. VPN, guys. Yes. <laughs> definitely. So you Before you leave. Before you because leave. you cannot get one when you're there. Okay. That's good to know. Because um, yeah. I know some people would be like, well, how do you, or how much is it? Um, but $10 Mine? a day isn't terrible. And if you're, you no. know, if you can do every other day. If it was me, though, I would be, like, texting pictures constantly, so I would just... <laughs> well, I took a lot of pictures on camera. I didn't do a lot. Oh, I did some on Facebook, but that was and that was only thanks to the, you know, the VPN that I could do that, so... But you have the great firewall of China that you have to get around... That is important. We kind of already established this, the would you go back question. It sounds like it's a definite yes. Yeah, I think. 
Is there anything that you would do different on your second trip? Absolutely. I think I might take a bullet train to Beijing for a day or two. I think I might do a little... I would probably cut the trip a little shorter and do more outside. Okay. Now that you've had the big experience and you kind of know what you want to see again on the way back in. I mean, yeah, because that was my first international trip ever. Well, I went to Bahamas. That didn't count. See, Um, that's what I'm saying. Some places don't count. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry. I've been to Canada a thousand times, too, but... (laughs) um but yeah no that was so i kind of got a little bit more experience of the actual outside of the disney bubble culture yeah yeah i wouldn't mind having a little bit more it's it's uh and again i am (laughs) i'm a little more adventurous eater than you so yeah, as long as it's fried and I can't tell what it is, I'll, I'll try it. I'll bite into it gently this time. <laughs> Last time I got a, a prawn tail stuck in my top of my mouth. But yeah, you just have to be a little gentle, gentler, careful. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, okay, and what, like... Do you have any tips or advice for anybody that's thinking of planning their first trip out there? Like, what would be your top tips or advice? Um, I think we covered most of it in this, but to be honest, most people will go, I'll never be able to go. And you're wrong. I thought the yeah, same Yeah, because thing. it sounds like, with the hotel being maybe just a little bit cheaper and the food being just a little bit cheaper and the tickets being cheaper, the increase in airfare, it might equal about the same. Yeah. Now, again, you'd have to, I mean, this is not, I mean, I'm basing this on a solo. So, I mean, you know, you had a family of four, then, you know, yeah, you, quadruple your your prices on this but you know what it's worth it especially you know if you're from the u.s or oh actually if you're even from australia man it's a lot closer oh yeah so no um visit these cultures um have fun and not only that you got disney behind you so and we didn't even cover disney downtown disney so yeah disney town did yeah, you go did you go to the cheesecake factory <laughs> no because i figured that was like yeah i got that at home so i i didn't do a lot there i i did have this like ridiculous looking hamburger that i had great service with the people there and and i was like Thank God, everybody, I was the only one in the restaurant because how did you eat this thing that's like like 12 inches tall? Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah. So, no. check, check, price it out. Don't just assume you can't go. Yeah. Hey, and price also, they have, oh, there's hidden things we could do for a whole nother show. But they do have a, uh, uh, what's the one in Disneyland? 
33. Um, oh, Club 33. Club. They have a Club 33 there. And it was actually open. I don't think it was completely open when I was there. I think uh, they actually opened after. Uh, I had a friend of mine that's a cast member, high-profile cast member, that actually went there, had pictures and everything done. So, yeah, they have a Club 33. That's on yep. my my Disney bucket list someday. Yeah. Somebody who knows somebody who knows a guy. <laughs> Who knows somebody in China? <laughs> yeah, just I'll, I'll take any of them at this point. Literally, yeah, I, any single club. That I don't even care where. I think I have, I have a better shot at going to the one in China than anywhere else. So, <laughs> we'll see. Okay, well, before we kind of pull up to our stop and close this thing out, firstly, thank you for coming on and going into like such detail about this because this might be a little scary for some people to even think about traveling this far to go to a Disney sure. park. But, it is. Um, but I just want to because you are a, a co-host, a co of many hosts <laughs> <laughs> on on a fellow Disney podcast, want you to let everybody know like where can they find you if they want to go listen to your podcast all right our show is uh monorail tales podcast um you can find us pretty much anywhere on uh stitcher pandora i think we're everywhere on it you're on google Podcasts because that's where i listen yeah okay great yeah and of course uh you know, iTunes and everything. So, yeah. And you have a Facebook group. Yes, we do. Let me just, let me just do this for you, Steve. They have Thank a you. Facebook group, Monotone, <laughs> Monorail Tales Facebook group. You're also on Instagram at Monorail Tales, and it's Tales, T-A-L-E-S. Right, you, you, Sheila would be proud of you. <laughs> and, of course, I will link these things in our show notes. So you guys can click the links from there, get over to where you need to go. Um, but yeah, thank you again for coming on and talking to us about Shanghai Disneyland. Oh, are you kidding me? Thank you for asking me. I live for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could visual. I could like basically visually see Sheila rolling her eyes when I mentioned that I might want to have you on to talk about it. <laughs> so I'm guessing it comes up in a lot of conversations. <laughs> oh no. I mean, she does. I mean, I mean, I, it's a joke on the show. Uh, a lot of our uh, podcasters have their own shows and it's a big thing that, you know, I get on there and I say, say Shanghai. <laughs> so, <laughs> Okay, cool. Well, oh, I should also mention, if you guys want to listen to me talk about myself for an hour, yes. I was on the show episode 169. <laughs> yes. Let me put myself on your show. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay, cool. That was a lot of well, fun. And you're going to yeah. be on again because we're going to talk to you about uh, Disneyland Paris. Yes. Can't wait. I should probably do a show on that on my own show. <laughs> 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 Just didn't get there yet. Yeah. 
eventually it'll happen. Maybe I'll just refer everyone over and be like, if you want to hear about it, just go over here. <laughs> just do it on ours and just throw it on yours, you know? That's a wrap on this episode. Thanks to my guest, Steve Sanders, and to all the crew over at the Monorail Tales podcast for letting me borrow him for an episode. I appreciate you all so much. If you are in the market for another Disney podcast, hop over to monorailtales.com and search for Monorail Tales on your podcast app. Now that you've had a listen, we invite you to join our Main and Magic Friends community on Facebook to share your thoughts about the episode. You are welcome to pop in to share an idea, a story, or photo, and to connect with our other Disney fans. You can also ask questions, get and give advice, post updates from the parks, and just have some fun. Head to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash main and magic to join. If you've got a comment or a question, you can also email me at mainandmagic at gmail.com and you can find us on Instagram at mainandmagic. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to share it out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram and pop over to iTunes and leave us a review. Thanks so much for listening and of course, in the Disney tradition around here, we don't like to say goodbye, so we say see you real soon.